We are SC pregame podcast, Oregon State edition. Uh, the Trojans getting ready to face the Oregon State Beavers in the Coliseum on Saturday at 1 o'clock. Um, the Trojans coming off their first loss of the season, obviously, uh, coming in at 4-1. And, one. and uh, Oregon State in the opposite direction, sitting at 1-4. and four, uh, The only victory in their season coming against FCS school Portland State. And in the four losses that they've had, they've been outscored 200-71, to 71, uh, including in the second half being outscored 147-49 to 49 this year. Uh, the USC offense, I think, coming off of the Washington State loss is probably the number one thing that a lot of Trojan fans are going to be looking at in this game. And you're going to find on the other side of the field an Oregon State defense that frankly has struggled and is ranked at or near the bottom in every statistical category within the Pac-12 conference. So this is a week to proverbially get healthy if you're the USC offense, but again, still dealing with some issues for the Trojans. The news coming down this week that uh, right guard Vianney Talamai-Vau is out for the season after suffering a torn pectoral muscle. Viani's been a four-year starter, started 37 games in his career. This is a guy who has played a lot of football, so he will definitely be missed. In his place will be two freshmen, Andrew Voorhees. The Trojans will also be without Chuma Adoga at right tackle, and so there will probably be uh, alternating between true freshman Austin Jackson and redshirt freshman Clayton Johnston, uh, neither of whom have played a ton of football before last week, but now uh, that's going to be the right side of the offensive line for the Trojans. Fortunately, at left tackle, Toa Lobendon does come back after missing the Washington State game with a skin infection. Also out at the wide receiver spot, Stephen Mitchell will be coming back this week. Deontay Burnett looked fine with his shoulder. Uh, Michael Pittman was out there getting some good work in. Clay Helton said he is close to 100%. Uh, and then Josh Imatorbebe did a lot of good stuff this week. So the USC receiving core should be fairly healthy. Um, the running backs will also be missing Stephen Carr this week. He's going to be out, but you do have Ronald Jones. You have Avai Malapii and Aka Cedric Ware at your disposal. So, um, you got to figure for Sam Darnold, this is a game where if they can get the run game going, get that that efficiency back into the offense, get Sam some time to throw. The run game is so key in that regard. And so, like we say, proverbially being able to get healthy, you're looking over there with the Oregon State defense, and you just got to imagine that this is a day that the USC offense is going to look to do some good things and, and execute well. And you hope by the time the second half comes around, the Trojans are sitting there with a nice lead uh, for a team that Oregon State hasn't won in the Coliseum since 1960. So when, when they come to town, it's not usually good uh, for the boys from Corvallis. But flipping it over on the other side of the ball for the USC defense now, um, down on the defensive line, we're dealing with injuries there too. Rasheem Green, Josh Fatu, Malik Dorton, uh, all, all those guys are, uh, are a little limited right now in practice, and we just don't know how much they might be able to play. So, yeah, and Marlon Tuipiloto as well. Don't forget, want to forget him. He's definitely not going to play uh, with a back injury. So, yeah, guys like Liam Jimmins. Are we going to see Brandon Peely uh, get in the mix? Kenny Bigelow uh, getting in there. So there's a lot to look at down on that defensive line. Do you move Christian Rector down a little bit? He's been playing where Porter Gustin was at. Porter's still not coming back. Do you move Christian Rector out? Do you get some more uh, playing time for Olawoli Batuku or Connor Murphy? Going to be very interested to see what happens down there for the Trojans. But when you look over on the Oregon State offense, they lost their quarterback two weeks ago. Their running back got banged up last week. Unclear if he's going to play. Uh, they also lost their middle linebacker, who's their 
leading tackler. So Trojans are banged up, but so, so are the Beavers uh, on that side of the ball. And they were struggling a lot already. So their injuries don't help them at all. So if there is a game that it's, this is about us, this is about the Trojans and how we execute and how we do, th- this one is it. Because you really are sitting here, you're going to head into the heart of your Pac-12 South schedule coming up. You've got Utah following Oregon State. Then you go out to South Bend and the Arizona schools coming up. So uh, this is the time when you need to start getting things in order and saying, okay, what do we have down on our offensive line? Who can we count on out at the receiver spot? And then what is this running back rotation going to be uh, to help this offense just get steady right now? That Stanford game earlier in the season was such a such a just well-played offensive football game. And Clay Helton coming afterwards saying, hey, we played to our standard. That's our identity and it just hasn't been the case since then and you'll you look at last week I think there's the one series that everyone's going to point to is when Uchenna Nuusu makes the interception the Trojans get the ball down at the three yard line you're already up 14-10 a chance to go up 21-10 in the second quarter you're going to be feeling pretty good about yourselves at that point and uh, the USC Trojans were unable to punch the ball in from the three yard line I think that more than any play call that more than anything else is is what I really look at in terms of mindset and physicality and, and what you're trying to do the USC Trojans couldn't punch it in from the three-yard line against Washington State, and not a particularly big Washington State front. They're known for being undersized and quick. And, and so that that's what I'm looking for from this week with the offense. Just, just get a little bit of that mindset back. Get a little of that mentality back. The, the guys that are out there on the offensive line, that's who they are. If they're true freshmen, they're recruited here for a reason because they have talent, and uh, it's it's their time. It's it's their time to get out there. And, and you've still got on the left side of the line, you've got Toa, you've got Chris Brown, you've got Nico Falla. So uh, this is it. Let's go out there and see what happens. And uh, – one thing that would be nice if this is one of those games that the Trojans can get a lead in the second half, boy, it would be nice to see some of these reserves and younger guys that we really rarely get a chance to see, to, you know, guys like Matt Fink, um, you know, guys like you know, seeing a little bit more of Bubba Bolden, you know, seeing some more of Levi Jones down there. Um, boy, would love to see some more Josh Follow uh, at, at, at tight end. He caught a beautiful down the field pass from, uh, from Sam Darnold yesterday, so that would be nice to see that in this game. We'll see if that happens. So once again, one o'clock uh, on the Pac-12 Network. Um, coming up on the remainder of this podcast, we talked to former USC quarterback John Major uh, to get his thoughts on the offense and what's going on right now. Particularly, we'll talk some Tam Darnold. Uh, we sit down with myself, Johnny Curran, Greg Katz, and Daryl Rideau to talk about key moments that we saw this week in practice and looking forward to the game. And then defensively with Kevin Bruce to wind things up. Enjoy the podcast. This week in practice, Gary Passwitz, Johnny Curran, Greg Katz, and Daryl Rideau. And guys just kind of want to hit on some of the, the main topics that we're, all, uh, that we're all seeing as the Trojans head into Oregon State. And what I'm going to talk about seeing today in particular is, uh, is, is the chemistry in the passing game. Today was a very good day, um, and particularly in between Sam Darnold and uh, Tyler Vons. And I think that's something that has been steadily building. And uh, Coach Helton talking about the need for the two of them, that we have a guy like Deontay Burnett, who Sam obviously has tremendous chemistry with, and, and looking for that to uh, develop with Tyler Vons in games. But, but today you really felt uh, li- li- like it was Sam Darnold, as Daryl said earlier, kind, kind of testing 
uh, Tyler Vaughns to saying, where, where, where are you at? Because it wasn't just uh, some short routes. There was plenty of mid-range and, and deep passes down there. And, and as he has been doing so often lately, uh, to t- Tyler responded. There was one ball that, uh, Johnny, you and I were watching, and it it's truly looked like it was overthrown over Tyler's shoulder down, down the left sideline. And uh, Tyler just caught up into it, reached out with those long arms that he has and brought the ball in. And, and what really I am noticing right now, we've seen with Tyler through through spring and summer and the fall, that confidence on the practice field. And, and what you're seeing right now in the games is you're seeing that confidence translate. And, and I really thought today was as good of a practice as you could hope to see getting ready for a game like this is Tyler Vaughn saying, hey, I'm, I'm going to be that guy you're counting on as we're moving forward. We also saw some good stuff from Josh Bebe. Uh, there was one pass in particular where he got to the outside uh, down, down the left sideline and really showed his speed. And then another guy, Clay Helton, said he had his two best practices uh, the last two days was Michael Pittman. And so if you can start having Tyler Vaughn stepping into a lead role with Deontay Burnett and, and getting a Pittman and an Imator Bebe contributing, and we also saw Stephen Mitchell back right now. So some optimism right now in the passing game that was encouraging to see today. Johnny. I was uh, really watching the offensive line with a lot of interest this week. Obviously a much different kind of looking group this week than last week or the week before. Um, a unit hit hard by injury, obviously. Um, obviously the, uh, they got Toa Lobin Don back this week, which is uh, good news with the skin infection, uh, adding the st- stability back there at left tackle. But then we find out today that Vianne Talamai-Vau is out for the year with that pectoral injury. Huge blow. Um, you know, with all the experience he has and everything like that, it's, you know, you can't overstate how big a blow that really is. We're going to see Andrew Voorhees in there, who's, you know, freshman, still growing, um, has some experience under his belt this year. He's going to obviously get a lot more here coming up, but that's not the only position, you know, uh, Chuma Doga still isn't back. Um, don't know if he's going to play this weekend. We've seen a heavy dose of Austin Jackson, Austin Jackson and Clayton Johnston, rotating in there at right tackle um you know it's going to be interesting to see what happens this is a good game for them to get some experience but uh, you know in the long term it's going to be interesting to see what happens how soon adoga is going to be able to come back um you know and this is a group i think that really i think we're everyone's looking for them to kind of reestablish that physicality up front um this game and you know i think it'll all start with this game this is a good opportunity for for them to do that but again, it's going to be a different looking group out there, so it'll be interesting to watch. Well, I'm going to take a different viewpoint. Uh, I thought both of you guys did a great job in explaining what's going on. Um, I want to talk about the fans' perspective of what's going on. And looking at the We Are SC message boards, we're quite active this week. Uh, you know, I try to go back to uh, last year when uh, the Trojans were 1 in 3, and what was the ten- temperament of the fans then? Well, I don't think that the uh, expectations uh, then were as strong as they are now. And so, therefore, one loss seems like almost like two or three losses. The question is, is I, I was listening to um, Cam Smith talk about what he expected the fans to be in the Coliseum. And we know that many of the fans that write uh, into WRSC are in the Coliseum. And what attitude are they going to take? And Cam was hoping that the fans would support the team, that they would... He called it uh, our boys, you know, are you going to support us? And, uh, you know, sometimes I think that fans, which is a term that's short for fanatic, uh, see things through their heart rather than their head. Uh, you know, you, you have to keep things, I think, tempered a little bit. Trojans are 4-1. and one. Uh, We're going to find out what they're really about the next three weeks. And uh, let's see what kind of a crowd comes out. 
uh, for uh, Saturday and see if they're vocal. Um, but uh, there's a lot of anger out there. I think there's a lot of anger. There's a lot of uh, Monday morning quarterbacks, which there should be. You know, not everybody's a lunatic when they ride on the board. There's a lot of people that know football. And to be honest with you, there was a lot of stuff that was written on the board that I agreed 100% with. So we're going to find out what Clay Helton has in store, and we'll see how that satisfies uh, the fan base uh, after Oregon State. Well, I'm going to take also uh, a different perspective. And the perspective that I'm going to take is the psyche of a football player on this team. To a man, those players know that they weren't qualified top five team in the country. This is still a work in progress. This is a team in progress. Each week, due to the injuries, there are different um, supporting cast members. And it's very hard, very difficult to create chemistry and feel like you're a top five team when on a weekly basis you're trying to reestablish and redefine yourselves. So going into a week like this, it's amazing how sometimes the football gods, when you don't get a bye week, you get a bye week. And how you handle this and the attitude that these players take onto the field and assert themselves as a dominant team will determine the outcome of this game. Now, the outcome, not necessarily in, in, in points, but the fluidity of the offense, the rhythm, the cadence of how special teams goes. You need a game like this to go back, feel good about how you responded to a loss to build forward momentum going into the teeth of your football season. And so I really think that the psychology of this team is going to be defined by how they attack Oregon State going into Saturday's competition. John Major. Uh, John, I want to talk a little bit of Trojan offense today. Uh, for an offense that seemingly in recent weeks hasn't been clicking on all cylinders, kind of looking to find a, find a new way again, Oregon State coming to town seems to be as good of a recipe as you could have there at the bottom of the conference in pretty much every uh, every category. So if you're looking to uh, to move forward on Saturday, what are you looking to accomplish with the USC offense, and how would you do it? Well, I think anytime you you sense that you're struggling um, and not where you want to be offensively, you have a game like you did um, last Friday against Washington State where. Um, obviously, you wanted more production. Some things broke down. You take the opportunity, especially in a game like this, like, like you said, against Oregon State, who is in every defensive category right now in the Pac-12, 11th or 12th ranked. So they're struggling on defense. So you're going to have chances to do a lot of things against this team. And this is the kind of game you come back from a loss and just really focus on fundamentals. I mean, it's it's engaging your guy at the line of scrimmage. It's every assignment just perfect. It's releasing the ball on time. It's running your route crisp. It's making the right reads. It's picking up the blitzer. It's it's everything that you simplify the playbook a little bit for a week like this. And then you execute, and then you have other players ready that are going to get a chance to show what they can do in a game situation outside of practice. So... It's a week that you can get back on kind of a fundamental footing and also take a look at some guys that might be able to help you down the road. And how about with the realities of the, the offensive line? You're definitely going to be down two starters. Uh, Viani out for the year, Chuma, uh, Helton all but ruled him out uh, yesterday. Uh, but you do get Toa back. But you are still going to have two young guys in there in that lineup. And at times you're going to be lining up two true freshmen 
on the right side of the line. You're not going to have Stephen Carr in the backfield, but Ronald Jones is here. How, how do you see that playing out with the run game and the two new guys on the offensive line? Well, like I said, you, if you simplify, you can allow guys to really not think as much, but maybe just focus on technique, focus on a few assignments, and not be overwhelmed, especially with young guys in there. I mean, the, the amount of turnover and kind of uh, maneuvering of the offensive line they've had to do so far this year is just really, um, I mean, it, there must be, uh, must be pushing up against some kind of record because, um, and then you're trying to get a new offensive line to gel. That's how we started the season. And yeah, now you have injuries on top of that. So we haven't had a consistent group playing together. Um, and it makes a difference. I mean, um, you can see it in Sam's play, Sam Darnold's play. Um, probably doesn't have the confidence he had last year in his offensive line where he could just play with a bunch of seniors up front or, or experienced players. He can just come in there and play and focus on his, his work down the field and not worry so much about maybe getting hit like he had this year. And once you get hit that much, you start thinking about it. And whether you say or not, your kind of your body is your body's kind of has 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 kind of has a clock in it or a sensor that thinks a guy might be coming free unlike you did last year and so you're aware of it and you may come off receivers a little too quickly and uh you know it all snowballs into kind of maybe not being as productive as you want as an offensive unit especially in the passing game and let's talk about the passing game how, how nice to, to get Deontay Burnett back healthy this week, and also the emergence of Tyler Vaughn from what we've seen. Um, I think one of the biggest absences this year, John, has been not having Daniel Imitor Bebe. It is, we have been relying so much on Deontay Burnett, but now you have Tyler Vaughn, you're going to have Stephen Mitchell back this week. If you have those three guys, Burnett, Vaughn, and Mitchell in the receiver group, how much of an impact do you think that could have for Sam? Yeah, I think I think, I think they really miss Mitchell, and, and having, having Tyler Vaughn's come along as he did last game and make some plays. I think people were waiting for that and uh, hoping that would happen maybe earlier. And it, it happened last week. Um, and Stephen Mitchell was pretty fairly productive early in the year. And I could tell that, that um, Darnold really felt comfortable kind of finding, looking for him or Deontay early on in the season. And so not having Mitchell out, I'm not having Mitchell in, especially last week, I think really affected um, not having two go-to guys there. I mean, you take away last year, you had you had Mitchell, you had Deontay, you had Juju, you had um, Darius Rogers. I mean, he was he was made some big plays for him. So sure. you had you had um, some guys that he could really depend on. Now he's trying to learn who I could depend on other than Deontay. And so um, I think that unit, like everybody's been saying, needs to gel. And this is a week that some guys can. We'll see if either can 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 take the next step this week. We'll see if if Mitchell comes back ready to play and is productive. And then you'll see, I think, the confidence with Darnold grow with these guys. Kevin Bruce. Uh, Kevin, getting ready to play the Oregon State Beavers right now and coming off of last week's game, I think uh, everyone in USC country is kind of looking at it and saying, okay, Oregon State is a nice opponent right now. I don't know if enough attention is paid to how many injuries they're dealing with of their own. They've got a quarterback out, a running back who's banged out there. Their leading tackler and middle linebacker is out. But I want to focus on the USC defensive line right now going against their offense and how banged up things are in the interior and how you might look to approach this with the reality of where USC's injuries are down front right now. Yeah, it's a great point, uh, Gary. And 
you know, importantly, um, and, and this is a balancing act, there's no question, but if, if a regime green, uh, and Josh Fatu are 80% or so, however that gets assessed healthy, then they shouldn't play because the balance of the season is such that these guys have to really get to as close to 100% healthy, especially uh, lower body injuries, high ankle sprains, and knee, knee sprains. Um, it, we, we just, we have to have them available. Now, look, Oregon State's going to come. They're going to put their pads on. They're going to put their helmets on, and they're going to play tough football. They may not have all the skill things going on, um, you know, but, uh, frankly, they're going to hit hard, play hard, uh, that is their tradition anyway. They uh, they uh, certainly take their, quote, two- and three-star uh, recruits, and they uh, coach them up, and I don't think there's any difference. Look, and they are missing, to your point, it's right on target, some key guys uh, and key contributors to the team. But this is not a bye week. It's a game against Oregon State. They will show up. We will play 60 minutes of football. We will keep score, all right? Therefore, guys, come to play, all right? So if Green and Fatu are not 100% and we put them out there and risk additional injury, that's a that's a very, in my view, it's a dangerous decision. Okay. So what do you do, especially along the deal? Our um, we know at the outside linebacker position we're pretty solid there, so we're we're, mm-hmm. we're good to go in that one. Um, and, and so that that's a feel good there. Um, depending on uh, who really is available and can play. We know our three technique and sometimes, you know, moving down into even a one technique, um, is the, is, is, uh, Peely. And then he's, he's going to get meaningful minutes if not start, right? Okay. It's time. I know you're, you're a freshman and, and, uh, the last time you played was, uh, in Washington and before that it was in Alaska. Well, you know what? You're in LA now. You, you, you wanted to come here. We want you to be here and he's got the toolkit to be effective. If he does nothing else, then cover the A-gaps either side of the center and then make sure the center is occupied uh, with him on a, on a, a physical basis. If we get that accomplished, then Brandon's going to have a, a, a very solid game with the potential of having, you know, a, a, an excellent contribution and allow, uh, you know, a, a guy like Fatu to get some, some rest. Uh, similarly, uh, um, from the from a tackle position, you're going to have to cobble something together. We we've got a fair amount of uh, of guys that you know can you know substitute in uh, into the uh, you know defensive end role, but you know uh, uh, Rector's going to be out there anyway, right? So he's already you know filled in for um, Porter and doing I think a great job. Different style of play, but does a great job. I, I love the way uh, he, he plays. And, and so who do we got left? Well, you know what? This is where I think uh, Coach Pendergast has the ability to really not just cobble something together. That's, just, that's, that's not the right way to put it. He can scheme up a defense using, you know, two DLs uh, it, it, better than anybody in the country, without question, and make it work. So, you know, it, it could be, the you know, some lighter bodies, some some movements. Now, he won't do twists, and he doesn't stunt a lot. He might slant, but he doesn't stunt and twist. But he will, as we know, blitz and, and really force some, some uh, these situations where you overload a side, 
You push the coverage over to that side. The offside, uh, the backside is going to be, frankly, uh, you know, pretty tight uh, man cover. Uh, and then sometimes he'll, he'll go to his own back. Look, uh, what I'm trying to say is there's ways to engineer this so that our, you know, the guys that need to rest and not take the chance of uh, aggravating an injury or making it worse um, is, is worth the risk. If the game is close, the game is close. We, we, you have to make a decision on who you're going to go with, and let's go with them, right? And if it's right. Brandon, it's Brandon. Buddy, you're a starter. You're out there. You're going to play. And then he's going to need to get some, you know, get rested and, you know, from time to time or spelled, you know, throughout through the game. That's fine. Um, so, you know, maybe that's where Malik comes in. And, and if, you know, yeah, he's a little banged up too. But I think from what, you know, reports are, less than, than Fatu and less than Green. Mm-hmm. King Green is on the DL is such a difference maker. Um, he has to be available for the games where you know uh, it, it, the big guys are out there, the road graders are out there. So, what about the thought of okay, you have Rector and like you say, you, he's been out there on the outside for Porter, doing everything you could have hoped that Christian Rector would do. If you are in a desperate situation, do you look at putting him back inside, and do you go with a Connor Murphy or an Olawole Batuku on the outside? Like you say, these aren't ideal situations, but are you mixing and matching as best you can? Yeah, you know, it's, it's, you, yes, you do. And then this is my point about Coach Pendergast. If you have to uh, put something together, he, you can create certain – Mm-hmm. defensive situations with the type of personnel uh, that isn't ideal for a real strong road grader point of attack type of control, but certainly quickness, uh, uh, the speed and quickness and some ag- aggression with regards to attacking the line of scrimmage with, with certain outcomes in mind versus a, a one gap or two gap in some cases. We generally don't do that, but a one gap read and react um it makes the assignment so much simpler to execute for, for guys that just haven't had a lot of minutes. Uh, they're new to the game or you know, new to this level of the game anyway. Um, and it just, it, it allows for certain things. It does for some secondary coverages that are going to be a little different. And, you know, what the secondary is, is an area where we've got a fair amount of experience that should be able to react to it and be prepared uh, for that. And, and to your point, the, with the quarterback being, you know, more athletic but maybe less of an accomplished thrower, uh, I would expect to see uh, more of the, you know, Oregon State running, you know, uh, you know, RPO, maybe some point of attack. They're gonna, they're gonna go at the perimeter because we we were we've been exposed for, you know, four out of five games this year on the perimeter, and. Other in other situations, we've been exposed as having a, a, a defensive uh, line of scrimmage that isn't always in. We don't physically always control it. So uh, we're just engineered. This team defensively is a lot better than it was in the first uh, week or two of the season. Uh, you know, just despite you know success against Stanford, it, it, it's a lot better. But what we saw against Washington State is you know that's a very good offense. Um, they're going to get some yards, most likely going to get some points, and, uh, you know, through the air. What I was disappointed in was our inability to control the run game. Right, right. Let me ask you the last question here, talking about the Will linebacker spot. Um, I, I noted your point saying John Houston. Uh, that, that was the Washington State game was kind of a game made for John Houston. That was his – 
yep. what he's supposed to be able to bring. Um, you, you, right now, Jordan Eosefa still in concussion protocol. Um, a guy that I think we're going to see a lot of in this game is Levi Jones. And so if his action has been limited so far, but what do you see from him? And, and, and go a little bit more on what you saw from John Houston and talk about what they can bring at will. Yeah, with, uh, with John, what we've seen fairly consistently this year is, is a guy who, who's got um, a lot on his mind when he's playing, right? So he's, he's sorting out his assignments and being in the right spot, and he can just tell that he, he isn't able – uh, right now to move with the that someone with more advanced uh, experience and understanding of the system. And, and by the way, Will Linebacker spot is a tough one to, to play. It's, it's generally the quote, the more athletic. It's the one that you, that Clancy tends to use uh, a fair amount for blitzing, but we don't see a lot of that other than the a gap move with both uh, cam and, and uh, uh, you know, whoever, whoever's at the will. Okay. Last week, as I pointed out uh, earlier in my in my uh, column, that was easily the best game that uh, that we played out of the will position uh, by far. Right? Yeah, I, I wouldn't say that it was one that we're particularly happy about all the outcomes, but you know, John was able to get a sack on the QB. So it was a great move. I don't know if he ad libbed that one or he was given the the authority to. Uh, to call because he was he was stemmed out on a, on a white um, uh, slot back, and but it wasn't quite far enough out, so he he cheated in just a smidge, took away the inside, which was his pass coverage responsibility, and then just bang, he went right at the quarterback, and they didn't expect it. So either he made a big mistake and it turned out great, and God bless him for that, or it was a call play and he did a great job. That said, Levi Jones, uh, I'd love to see some minutes from this guy. Um, a little more physical, no, a lot more physical, and has the ability to play. He's a, he is a freshman, right? So freshmen do freshman things, and the will linebacker position is susceptible to a lot of misdirection type movements. He gets caught up inside and what have you, uh, almost just by definition. You got to be a little careful about that. But you know, at this point, hey guys, um, let's get some meaningful minutes to some guys that can play because we need them. We're going right. to need them. Wouldn't mind seeing it all on Saturday. Well, thanks for your time, yes, Kevin. Uh, let's go enjoy this one, and let's have a good game for the Trojans. Absolutely. It's time.